0: The last few weeks in our midweek study, we've been walking through a Christmas series called The Hope of Salvation. And we started with that promised hope of the coming Messiah that Israel embraced a few thousand years before it ever became a reality. And, uh, and, and it's still a hope that we embrace today. I I want to just kind of unpack this a little bit tonight, but salvation isn't just a one-time, once-and-done kind of thing. Salvation is something that we embrace in our spirit, but we hold on to until that end of time. And tonight, we are still standing in the midst of the hope that comes to us in Scripture. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, he said, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us that word of reconciliation. That that little baby that was born in a manger was reconciling the world unto, unto God. That that little baby that was born in a manger, that that was God manifest in flesh, but he was reaching to humanity to draw them closer. The bridge uh, of, of that gap that was there because of sin was was crossed over by that little baby in a manger. That baby opened the door of hope for humanity, and we still stand in that hope. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 5 said, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem. Someone say save. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons and the hope of salvation was something that came to Israel in that form of a baby in a manger in Bethlehem but it didn't stop there that hope is still at work today that hope is a reality that we get to embrace that hope is a reality that we get to preach from this pulpit that hope is a reality that people sense when they come into this room that that we aren't just, uh, we just kind of aren't in the mode of devastation and dest- destruction but we have this idea of the hope of salvation that's at work in our minds. Now, I'm not saying that we don't get overcome a little bit every now and then by what's going on in our world, but when we allow ourselves the the very base nature of our salvific nature, when we allow that nature to come to the surface, it pulls us back to a place called hope. In the midst of a world that's full of hopelessness tonight, the church has got to be a beacon of hope. Someone say, I've got hope. That hope of salvation is absolutely ours. And we've talked a little bit about salvation uh, in the past, in in the, the manger in Bethlehem. But tonight I want to talk for just a few moments about the hope of eternity, eternal salvation. Our elders, they said it like this. Salvation is the most elastic word in the Bible. They said, I was saved. That was my salvation experience. They said, I'm being saved. That's the daily experience that we walk through, how we are saved by grace. We claim God's grace in our lives. If if we sin, if any have if anyone sins, that that we have this opportunity to confess our sin and, and that if we repent of our sin, that God washes that sin from our lives. We are being saved day to day. When we fail tomorrow, God forbid, but if we fail tomorrow, we have hope. It's not finished. Now, I know I'm in a room full of people that are near perfect, so it, it probably isn't going to happen tomorrow, but for, for, for somebody in the room, maybe, maybe just somebody that might happen to fail tomorrow, you have the hope of Salvation. But it doesn't end there, that the, the, the blood is sufficient, the sacrifice is enough, that God washes us, cleanses us, that, that we, can, we, have, we have a throne of grace that we can turn to, that we can run to God, salvation is ours. But it isn't just that, that day-to-day experience, we're also talking about an eternal salvation that will be ours. I want to talk about that kind of hope tonight. You see, the cross, it reached all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden in their failure, and the cross reached through that, tomb, uh, through, through that tomb into our lives in 2022. The power of the blood will work all the way until the end of time. We're talking about the hope of salvation. Hope is that beacon of light in the midst of darkness. Hope <clears throat> came into my life when I was saved, but hope exists because I'm being saved, and hope is mine because I'm eternally saved if I walk in fullness of truth in God's plan for my life. Much of my 50 years have been wonderful. That sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? You know, sometimes you type something out and you're like, well, that looks good. And then you say it and you're like, I'm going to have to qualify. I don't have any specific time period that I'm thinking about. I'm, just, I'm going to say my 50 years have been wonderful. Is that better? Is that better? Anybody else? You're not all wondering what's going on. What did Kathy do? <laughs> you know, I, I've always said that I wish that I could give my kids my childhood. I had wonderful parents, great siblings, wonderful friends. Uh, I, 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 I had tennis courts and gymnasiums and fields and streams and rinks and beaches and pretty much right there in my backyard. We were poor financially, but we were blessed greatly with many benefits. I could spend summer days almost any way that I wanted to, building, hiking, biking, fishing, swimming. I grew up in the quiet suburbs of St. John. I was part of a wonderful community. I was part of a wonderful church. I went to a wonderful school. Oh man, life was just wonderful, wonderful. And so I, I could understand in the midst of that season, if someone said, well, people really aren't searching for a savior. People don't need salvation. We had it pretty good. We were living in a day when things went well, where, uh, you know, it was the 80s. Interest rates were, were high. You may have paid a lot for your mortgage, but if you had any money at all, it usually came back to you. Things were good. We didn't really need a savior. You know, unless you had some personal calamity, some emotional challenges or struggles, the loss of a loved one, you moved, you lost someone close to you in your life. And it was only in seasons like that or, or sickness that would come into your life or some tragedy or un, unforeseen circumstance would shake somebody's core and cause them to turn to God in moments like that. But for the most part, we lived in a pretty good time. There was no Gulf War. there were no wars to speak of when I was growing up in those the eighties. It was just It was just a beautiful little idyllic time. I lived in a nice little picket fence neighborhood. It was just nice. We really didn't need a savior. We did. but we didn't. But as time has evolved and change has come, I can honestly say that my children didn't grow up in a world anything like the world that I grew up in. And now the children of today are growing up in a world that my children didn't grow up in. Some of the challenges that our children face are absolutely unbelievable. The stress and strain that are placed on the youngest of our society is absolutely pressure, is absolute pressure. The canaries in the mine shaft of our lives aren't making it. It's a tragic time. Uncertainty is the new normality. Absolutes are being abolished. You can't look to government. You can't find truth in education. Everything is trying to take the place of God. And you would think that Paul, moved by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, absolutely knew our day when he used the word perilous in speaking to Timothy. He said, This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. That word perilous Uh, It gives us the idea of something being dropped down into a hole, something being let down, something being loose, no longer able to hold the weight of. It's it's the idea of reducing the strength, difficulty, dangerous, a furious, fierce time. Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now I know, I know enough now that, that my day wasn't a perfect day, but for the most part, we escaped a lot of the, the tragedy that we, that we weren't aware of in society. But today that's not the case. The word perilous speaks directly to the world that we are living in right here and right now. It is a perilous time. It has come. It has come. That time is here. We are walking in it. We are living in it. We are, we are navigating it. We're doing the best that we can. We're, we got the lighthouse out on the, on the precipice of society and we're trying to let our voice cry out into the midst of the fog of humanity to say there is hope in the midst of this time. But today we know our world absolutely needs a savior. It is perilous times. Let me, let me remind you what Timothy, what Paul said to Timothy. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady. High-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof for such turn away. Those are perilous times, but those, folks, are our times. It would appear that humanity's much learning has made them mad. Let me just remind you what the scripture says about end times. There will be great earthquakes, famines, And pestilences. There will be terrors and great signs from heaven. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Lawlessness will be increased. Defund the police. The love of many will wax cold. False prophets will arise and lead many astray. Tornadoes, flooding, earthquakes, volcanoes. Nations will rise against nations. And kingdoms will rise against kingdoms. While people are saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, blood moons and signs in the heavens and tribulation times. And one world money systems and cashless societies and global villages and world wide webs and cryptocurrency and virtual reality. And somehow with all the signs of the times that we have in our day, we fail to make the connection that these are the perilous times. We are living in an end time. Yet somehow with all the signs of the times, could it be that some people are slipping off to sleep when God is calling us to wake? I get concerned about complacency and I get worried about division and confusion. I hate that outside forces now control inside services. Now we're told who's able to come and now it's mandated what's able to be done and I'm not arguing against measures of safety but I'm very concerned about a system that's slowly sliding sliding its hand of control over the church. Perilous times have come. We have got to get our business straight with God. I took time to read most of the sermon of Jonathan Edwards' Sinners in the hands of an angry God today. It was a sermon that would be preached from a pulpit by a preacher was, you know, but they said that men and women would fall to their knees in fear, crying out for God to save them. Sometimes I wonder in our day and our age, is there any sermons that could move people like that? I'm not trying to turn... A Christmas series into a downer tonight. Stay with me for a few minutes. But I'm reminding us that we are in perilous times. That we are in end times. Someone say end times. If there was ever a season when a world needed a savior, it's today. If there was ever a time when a church should be able to declare with absolute certainty that there is hope of salvation, it is now. The last days, Peter said, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And somehow God's grace is misinterpreted for his inactivity or his existence, period. Where is the sign of his coming? You have been preaching this for thousands of years. CCC, you're just more rhetoric on top of religion that has been declared for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. But can I remind us tonight, he's coming soon. Know this first, that there shall come in the last days. In the last days, in the very moments that we need a savior most, the world will scoff. At the idea of a savior. I'll I'll take you back to the first week. When we talked a little bit about the prophet uh, Simeon. He was still in the temple. Awaiting the Messiah. Anna was still there in the temple watching. Her eyes were fixed on somebody that would show up. Maybe uh, that baby coming in Mary and Joseph's arm wasn't what they were expecting. But they were ready for him nonetheless because they never took their eyes off of the hope. It said the consolation of Israel was what Simeon was waiting for. I want to be a part of the group that are waiting. I don't want to be a scoffer in the end times. I don't want to be somebody that's just kind of saying, well, maybe we've got it all wrong. I want to be someone that's firmly in the pocket saying, come on, he's coming soon, church, get ready. Get your ear inclined because there is going to be a trumpet that will sound. Get your eyes on the eastern skies because he's coming through the clouds one day, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. I don't know when, but here's what I know. He's coming soon because the closer that we get, to the end time. It isn't time for us to back up away from the promise of the hope of salvation. Right now is a time for us to embrace it more than we ever have before. We have got to hold on to the hope of salvation like we never have before. There's the signs of his end times. There's the signs of his coming. Now get ready because the hope of salvation should burn brighter in our spirit than it ever has before in this Christmas season of 2021, I want to be ready for the great return of God Almighty. Hmm. If you were to just pull all of the verses about the end times and read them, I've tried to do a little bit of that tonight. A sense of hopelessness could come in, but, but can I just remind you, hopeless isn't a word that you'll find anywhere in scripture, at least not in the King James Bible but you will find the word hope there because God isn't a God of hopeless. He's a God of hope. The God that we serve tonight wants us to live not in a sense of hopelessness. When our eyes are turned to the end time skies, it isn't because we're hopeless. It's because we are filled with hope. It isn't because we're supposed to be just kind of head in the sand hoping that we're just going to make it through. We're supposed to be filled with the hope of his coming. We're supposed to be filled with the hope of salvation because in the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. We've got hope of salvation in the end times because all that may be happening around us but God said the church was going to have a revival like the world has never ever seen before and I'm waiting for it I'm looking with one eye on the eastern sky but I'm looking with another eye on prophetic promise I'm waiting for the back doors to fly open and people to come into this place and come down to an altar of repentance to land in a baptism and be baptized in his name and to land in an altar filled with his spirit because that's what he said he's going to do no mandate was going to stop it come on there's a hope of salvation burning in the church of the end time (laughs) knowing what we know about the end it could be overwhelming it could be discouraging but Daniel said he saw it all Daniel said there was this image that he had. He said, knowing what he knew, because in the midst of everything that was happening in Daniel's life, that ancient prophet, he gets a vision. In the midst of his government ruling and fighting and kings and kingdoms rising, he said, I beheld until the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garments were white as snow. He said, when all the other kingdoms had risen up, he said, I watched as they all... Fell down. Now you'd almost get, again, you write all this out and you you don't get, I don't pre-preach my sermon in the office. And now I'm thinking, now Jack, you better qualify that you're not anti-government. I'm pro-caution and I'm pro-safety. I'm for what's happening, I said, but I'm not for a spirit that could rise up. In the midst of that. And, and, and the word just says, you know, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. That's not what the word says. That's what Jack said. But the word said in the midst of all that power, he said he watched until the thrones were cast down. And when all of the other thrones were cast down, there was one throne that was left. And there was one that sat upon that throne. And that's the one that we're looking for in this end time. I, I got I to be honest. I got my eyes on, on, a, on our local government. I got my eyes on our federal government. I got, I've been listening for... Trudeau's speech today, I'm checking multiple times, history on my phone, I was looking for what he's going to say about international travel, I'm trying to figure out how that's going to impact us, I'm looking for listening to Dorothy Shepard and her report today and what's happening in our local government, I'm, I got my eyes on all these governments, we we're looking to the U.S., the border that's south of us, because what happens there greatly impacts what happens here. I'm, I'm looking at what's happening in China right now. And, and, Pastor, you didn't even know it. I had it in my notes about China. But, but I'm concerned about what's happening in China. You say, that's a, a couple oceans removed, Pastor Jack. Why would you be thinking about that? I'll tell you why I'm thinking about it, because we've got a church there. And, and, and Brother Curtis, he sent us a little little memo, and then he attached some voice memos of someone that we know there, and, and that person was talking about people in government were in contact with some of the members of the church family, and, and uh, kind of on the, on the down low, they were talking about what's happening in the realms of government, and, and how they're beginning to track not, not just the leaders of Christian organizations, but they're beginning to track all the members that show up to Christian organizations, and, and in the churches that are there, and, and then in also in the state-run churches, because they're, they're, they're wanting, I, why is a huge... Massive government like China, so concerned about Christianity. And they're tracking what's happening. And now the the laws, the legislation's been changed so that not just the leaders of the groups are able to be put into jail, but also the members, people that come to the groups are able to be put into jails. And and I'm concerned about that and something rises in my spirit because, because it's just a throne that's rising up right now. But we want a church to rise up. And so when pastors said we've got pictures about people being baptized in Jesus' name, that's, you got to understand that that's all against the backdrop of the government uh, mandates coming down and, and all, all the stuff that could happen and them being jailed. People are still saying, you know what? Do what you've got to do, but the church is going to go forward. Do what you got to do because let, let your throne rise up if you wanted to, but there is another throne and when all of the thrones have been cast down, there's going to be one throne that's still got the one, the ancient of days at the end of days the ancient of days is going to be the one king that's sitting on the throne it doesn't matter what's happening around him he is the one that's in control Hmm. whose garment was white as snow the hair of his head like the pure wool his throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were open. I just came to remind the church tonight that at the end of time, when this all comes down, there's only going to be one on the throne. And we have the hope because we know who the one is. The king of kings and the lord of lords. The ancient of days is at work in this room tonight. We prayed in his name. We prayed that he would show up. We prayed that his spirit would be at work in this room. And we're still praying. We're praying for revival. We're praying for revival. We're praying for souls to be saved. We still have the hope of salvation. Daniel knew what it was like to live in a godless day, in a realm ruled by authoritarian government. But he said, when the outlook is bad, the uplook is great. Get your eyes on the hope of salvation. He's still on the throne tonight. The end, we can come back to the music. The end. That term just kind of makes us think about every." Every idea about what the end times constitute to us. So much bad. So much concern. So much happening. God's getting the world's attention. But that isn't meant to strike fear in the heart of the church. It's meant for us to embrace hope like we never have before. And if you look for it in scripture, you'll find it. Hebrews 6 and 11, talking about the end times, but he said, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. He didn't say that we abandon hope for fear and just barely clinging on to salvation. We're not. This isn't a lifeboat salvation. This is a militant church marching into the end times with God's commission in their heart. This is a message of hope because we have the hope of salvation. We get to bring it to a world that's hopeless. Show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Hebrews 3, chapter, six, chapter 3, verse 6, he said, But Christ has the son over his own house, whose house we are. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing, of the hope firm unto the end. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. Peter said, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end. For the grace that is to be brought unto you. At the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Titus chapter 2 verse 13 said, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We we aren't supposed to be hopeless until the end. We're supposed to have hope until the end. When you see all this happening around us, it isn't time to be hopeless. It's time for the church to have the most hope she's ever had. I've got hope. I've got hope. What a wonderful, beautiful funeral we we had today. If funerals can be beautiful and if funerals can be wonderful, today's was. Gary's wheelchair is back there and flowers are on it. The very thing that confined him and defined him no longer holds him because of this hope the very thing that would restrict him from being or doing what he wanted to do in a church service no longer has a hold in him because of this hope this hope that we have that, that it, these bodies are no longer going to be the ones that we have we're going to be a resurrected one we're going to have the hope of heaven. We're going to have the hope of salvation. We we stand in that hope. I watched as a family stood before this casket last night and, and this afternoon. And, and many that, yes, there were tears of sorrow for sure. But the overarching commentary that came through was that dad's where he wanted to be. Dad lived his whole life for this moment. The hope of salvation was so tangible in the room today because God came into Gary's life and turned his life around. Salvation, the hope of salvation replaced the hopelessness of humanity. And today we celebrate God's promise and God's plan because of the hope of salvation. John said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That there is this transition that that takes place. There's this transformation that occurs in our, our bodies, in our spirits, and we become, we live and we walk into the hope that God has prepared for us. The hope of salvation isn't just a look back to the manger in Bethlehem. The hope of salvation is a hope that we embrace today, and it's a hope that we look for in tomorrow. It's the hope that we embrace for eternity. That is the hope of salvation. Anybody looking forward to eternity forever and ever and ever and ever? Ever and ever and ever and ever on streets of gold with walls of jasper. Anybody looking forward to seeing that Ancient of Days that Daniel spoke about? Is anybody just kind of a little bit excited in the midst of what's happening around us? We can be a beacon of hope and declare God's hope to a hopeless world today. I'm a little excited about that. I'm thankful that we live in a day where we can declare hope. I'm wondering if you'd stand together with us tonight. we're looking for, that blessed hope. I've got hope. I live in the hope of tomorrow, but I'm so thankful that I have hope of eternal life. I'm wondering if you would just lift hands. There may be that somebody's just in the midst of determining their eternity, that someone's just kind of helping to find that this is just helping them to find where they are right now, but but I wonder if you just let God begin to guide your steps tonight. I'm wondering if God would just kind of begin to speak. I've talked enough, but I'm praying that the Spirit of the Lord would begin to talk into someone's spirit tonight. I'm wondering if someone would turn their life around. I'm wondering if somebody would change some activity that's that's pulling them away from the promise. It's, it's causing them to live in hopelessness, but God wants you to live in that place of hope tonight I wonder if you pray with me every eye closed let's join in prayer Jesus even right now God I pray that you would guide my tongue God to say the right thing I ask for the lives that are standing in the balance God someone in the service tonight they've t- God they've taken account of their spiritual man and they found God there's parts that they need your help in. They need your direction. God, they need your voice to speak. God, I speak against the idea of hopelessness. I speak against the idea of failure. I speak against the idea of an eternity anywhere but in your promised heaven for us. God, I thank you for that tonight. I ask that someone would see the hope that exists. I thank you for The blood of Calvary, God, it still washes as white as snow. God, I'd ask that someone would repent, that they would turn their life around. That they would walk a definite course in your direction. Jesus, I pray tonight that someone would see their need for baptism to wash every sin away. God, that when they're buried in your name in waters of baptism, God, that they would rise to walk in newness of life. I pray that somebody walk in that hope tonight. Let the hope of salvation become somebody's reality in this service, we pray. There's a few people that are just kind of working their way through their own prayer, but I I wonder if you've kind of got everything in order in your spiritual house. If you would just turn your attention to China one more time tonight. I, I just kind of felt that when pastor was praying for them he had no idea I had that in my notes and I wonder if someone would just begin to pray for the church there pray that God would come on elevate them, protect them, cover them shield them enable them, empower them, anoint them someone just kind of grab one of those words and begin praying it over the church there spirit of the living God would you move in this room God, lead us, direct us. God, when we don't know what to pray, God, would you be the prayer that needs to be prayed? Someone pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, this is an apostolic church service. That's it. There's just, come on, I believe that God can can break something free. God can break some bondage. God, God can break something, lose something in the midst of us praying for China. God can destroy a yoke of bondage in somebody's life tonight. God could destroy a yoke of bondage in somebody's spirit right now. God, we're praying for liberty. We're praying for freedom. God, we're praying for... That hope to be released in somebody's life. (laughs) Come on, someone just begin to pray a prophetic prayer. Someone just begin to pray promise over your life, over your family, over your future. (laughs) Someone just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment come on not out of a place of hopelessness we're praying into that place of hope right now we're praying for the promises to be released they are yea, and amen god we're praying for the promises that you said were available for your church god let them be released open the window of heaven god let blessing rain down Let door of opportunity be open god i pray holy ghost would you begin to move in the way that you move spirit of god Let the gifts be in operation in our midst tonight. Let faith rise. God, let it overtake somebody's doubt. Let it overtake someone's discouragement. God, let faith arise. Let it overtake someone's fear. God, we won't live in a spirit of fear. You haven't given it to us. You haven't given us that spirit. Come on, somebody pray in a spirit of love. Somebody pray from, come on, a sound mind. Somebody pray with authority tonight. Somebody pray with power. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if your neighbor's with you and you're in the bubble, if you traveled together, would you just kind of put your hand on their shoulder for a moment? We're going to pray anointing. God, you said we're two or three, we're gathered together. I I feel that synergy that's happening in the Holy Ghost when people are united in prayer. I feel, God, I feel that, just that urgency. God, a compelling in the Holy Ghost to take that next step in prayer. Just push for a moment. <laughs> in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus god we pray right now spirit of the living god would you move fresh in this room spring up oh well spring up god spring up let an God let a well that was stopped up with fear and a well that was stopped up with doubt a well that was stopped up because of circumstances happening in our world I pray right now that God you would let a well of living water spring up right now God we defy the enemy's discourse we defy the enemy's demands we defy God we defy whatever the devil meant for evil God we're praying right now would you turn it for good turn it around God turn it turn it, Jesus. God, whatever plans you have for us, we want to live fully embracing them. God, we don't want to miss it by a millimeter tonight. We don't want to miss it, God, by just a moment. We want to walk into it on purpose. God, we want to walk into it on time. We want to walk into it in the end time. God, I pray. Let this church be a beacon like we have never been before. God, let there be an outpouring like we have never seen before. God, we're praying, let this building be filled with hungry hearts. God, like never before. Jesus, I pray, let your promise come to pass like never before. We're ready, God, we're waiting. We're ready, we're waiting for it. If you're ready and waiting, would you just lift your hands? We're getting ready to close. Mm-hmm. Come on, somebody, pray for a moment. God, we're looking, we're looking. We're looking for your return. We're looking for that end time. God, we're looking for, God, that coming. God, that scripture to be fulfilled. We're, We're listening for a trumpet to sound. We're waiting for the shout. God, we're waiting for that promise to come into reality. But until, God, until that happens, let us be that voice of hope. In the midst of hopelessness, we pray. In your precious name, would someone just say amen? amen and amen.